Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome into the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears. I'm Joel Silverberg. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to the KIB pod, whether you are doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. So the Ice Bears drop a pair of games over the weekend. They pick up one point out of four as the Ice Bears are swept by the Peoria Rivermen in a two-game weekend. Knoxville still sitting in third place in the SPHL standings. And we'll take a closer look at those as well as there were a number of games to get through on Friday and Saturday and then some games on Sunday also. The Ice Bears now return home for the first time in a couple of weeks. Remember, they were in Birmingham and Fayetteville last weekend and then this past weekend up in Peoria. So the Ice Bears get to return to the Knoxville Civic Coliseum to take on the Macon Mayhem in a pair of games. So we'll, we'll start with the game on Friday. Obviously not the result Knoxville was looking for, but both games kind of played out in similar fashion. They ended ultimately with the same final score. Knoxville got a really early goal from Dino Balsamo, his eighth of the year. Steven Leonard scored his second late in the period, and Knoxville had a 2-0 lead. And then the second period happened, and Knoxville kind of traded goals with Peoria for a while. Alec Hageman got one with 25 seconds remaining that made it 4-3 to at the end of the second period. So despite Knoxville adding a pair of goals with Andrew Ballant and Colton Fletcher, it was a big second period for Peoria. Nick Bear, Alec Bear, excuse me, tied the game off an assist from Nick Neville early in the third period. There was no score in overtime, and then Peoria wins in a shootout 5-4, to 4-2 to in the shootout. So a, a tough break for Knoxville. There was obviously kind of a controversial call in overtime, and that's part of the reason why Knoxville wasn't able to generate a whole lot of offense in the bonus period with Stepan Timofeyev appearing to be need or at least interfered with by Alec Hageman, who is, you could make an argument that he might be public enemy number one among Knoxville Ice Bears fans, but Alec Hageman and Timofeyev collide. Timofeyev gets up, tackles Hageman to the ice. Timofeyev is slapped with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which allows Peoria to go on the power play. They don't score, but they don't really allow Knoxville to work that three-on-three overtime offense that they're typically so good at. Knoxville, of course, has been really solid in overtime games this year. So they've lost both of the games in which they've gone to a shootout. They have actually won every game that they've gone to overtime. That's been finished before the shootout so far this season. So Knoxville blows ultimately a 2-0 lead, then a 3-1 lead, then a 4-2 lead, and then a 4-3 lead in the third period before losing in a shootout. Uh, It was Christian Stead who was in net, obviously, with Jimmy Parita being called up to the Worcester Railers in the ECHL. Got his first win on Saturday, by the way, starting in a pair of games this past weekend. And so congratulations to Jimmy, who uh, was uh, had a, a pretty solid outing even in the loss. A former Ice Bear, ironically, Nick Master, scored a hat trick against Jimmy 
in the game on Friday. And then Nick ended up getting called up to the AHL where Jimmy still had 40 saves in that game and then got his first ECHL win the following night. So for Knoxville, Christian Stead in net, he stops 28 of 32 shots and only one of the five shootout attempts from Peoria. And then on Saturday, a little bit more of the same story, though I thought the momentum was going to swing in a, a different way uh, for the Ice Bears with uh, Knoxville being able to do uh, what it's done pretty well throughout the course of the season, and that's been you know bounced back from losses. So Christian Stead gets the start in net again. He ends up getting pulled uh, late in the second period after giving up his third goal. We'll get more into that in a second, but... Game starts out the same way. Knoxville strikes first. Anthony McVeigh scores again with less than a second to go in the first period. So Knoxville gets this huge momentum swing. It's two to nothing, just like it was the other night. The difference is Knoxville kind of controlling the pace of play and out shooting Peoria nine to four in the first period. Then you get this big momentum, tough break right before after they chase Eric Levine the night uh, prior. They then put two goals on him in the first period. Then J.M. Petrowski shows up in the second period. He scores a hat trick in the second period alone. Timo Feyev and Balsamo add goals for Knoxville. So just like the, the first night, it's four to three again at the end of the second period on Saturday. Alec Hageman uh, and, uh, scores to tie the game, and then Peoria gets the game winner as the video feed goes offline. <laughs> And the, the goal is not seen by anybody except those who are in the building. Uh, but Peoria gets the go-ahead goal with about four minutes remaining. Knoxville went on the power play with two minutes left. Balsamo had a really good attempt at a one-timer on a nice backdoor pass from the left side. Levine makes the glove save, and Peoria holds on for the win. So Brendan Colgan, who was signed to replace Jimmy Parita, he did not play on Friday. He was inserted as a sub late in the second period on Saturday to replace Steady. He stopped 12 of 14 and was unable to help preserve the lead after Petrowski scored his third goal to tie the game. Balsamo then scored less than a minute after Knoxville pulled Christian Stead, uh, but Colgan unable to hold on to the lead there. So for Knoxville, it finishes the weekend 0 for 7 on the power play. It gives up a power play goal in each of the two games on the weekend and fails to preserve multiple two-goal leads and fails to preserve a third-period lead in each game. So a frustrating way to get swept, especially by a team that was playing well. You would have felt like it was some quality hockey uh, that Knoxville, you know, to be able to go and get two wins because you felt like it was possible. Peoria is down in seventh place in the standings right now. They were eighth going into the weekend. Here's the thing. They had only played 12 games before Friday's contest against Knoxville. Now they've played 14. They have 18 points. It's a 643 point percentage. Fayetteville is in fourth place in the league, only four points ahead of Peoria, despite being three spots ahead of them. They have a 647 percentage. So kind of keep that in mind. Peoria now has points in eight straight games. They are 4-0-4 in their last eight. And so the win percentage itself is not great, but Peoria has been consistently collecting points. And the three teams in front of them, Fayetteville, Evansville, and Pensacola, all have 22 points. Peoria has at least three games in hand on all three of those teams, which essentially means Peoria would have three opportunities to make up a four-point deficit. And the way they're playing lately, 
you could kind of give them that. And they're playing great defensively. They've only given up 34 goals in 14 games, uh, that, which, you know, that, that goaltending that they've had with Levine has been solid. They obviously have some core pieces that are back this season. So Peoria, probably a little underrated as a seventh place team, but until they make up those two lost games against Vermilion County, they're going to have played fewer games than everybody else in the league. Vermilion County has only played 15 games. Everybody else in the league has played 16 or more. Knoxville is now 18 games into the season. They are fairly comfortably in third place, 28th with a 778 point percentage. Uh, both of those marks are third in the league. Fayetteville is 11 and six on the season. Thunder, uh, the Thunderbolts uh, from Evansville are 11 and seven. Pensacola is 10, six and two. So you've got three teams that are not too far behind, but Knoxville right now still kind of in control of where it's at in the standings. Knoxville is only one of two teams in the league right now to have eight wins in its last 10 games. Huntsville being the other, the Havoc are still far and away the first place team in the league. Knoxville is four points behind Quad City for second place in the SPHL standings, though Knoxville does have two games in hand over the Storm. Quad City has played 20 games, Knoxville just 18. Quad City took a loss on Sunday after beating Pensacola on Friday, the Ice Flyers and the Storm played three games in three days this weekend. Pensacola got a couple of overtime wins. They won in overtime on Saturday, won in a shootout on Sunday in a shutout. So Pensacola picks up two really impressive wins over Quad City. Quad City gets two points in a three-game weekend. And so Knoxville unable to kind of take advantage of the opportunity to close that gap with Quad City, but still Knoxville in a position where it could start to move forward after it suffers back-to-back losses for just the second time this season. And the Ice Bears will have a chance to make it up this weekend when they take on Macon in a pair of games. Macon did get a win over the weekend uh, over Roanoke by winning 4-2 to two after they were shut out by the Rail Yard Dogs on Friday. They double up Roanoke on Saturday. So Roanoke falls to eighth place with the loss and the Peoria win. Birmingham, Macon, and Vermilion County are 9-10-11 right now in the standings on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. So we'll kind of preview that series against Macon. We'll also take a look at some numbers when we come back. Again, Knoxville dropping back-to-back games over the weekend to Peoria on the road, both games by a score of 5-4 to four in a shootout on Friday in regulation on Saturday. I'm Joel Silverberg. You're listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes, an overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple app stores. So looking at some numbers from the Ice Bears over the weekend with the Friday loss, Anthony McVeigh was held scoreless for the first time in 10 games. He had a nine-game point streak going into the weekend, and he had a 15-point run in that span, including a hat trick, including four multi-point games. So a really impressive run for Anthony, who has 19 points in the first 18 games of the season. And then he bounced back with a two-point night with a goal and an assist in the first period 
of Saturday's loss. So really impressive run by Anthony to be able to do that. And I, I think we continue to see Knoxville play at a high level because of its core returning pieces, guys that are familiar with the system. J.B. Baker has been really solid for Knoxville, even though he wasn't a part of the run last year. You still saw him play a game the year before. He was in camp at the beginning of the season and then was dealing with an injury and so was unable to play. But you've seen him contribute offensively more and more as the season has gone on. And Jeff Carr kind of said about him off the bus when we came back after the Fayetteville game. He said, man, that guy just gets points. And he's finding ways to do it. He's really communicating with his line well with Baker, Stefan Brucato, the team captain, it's and Rasmus Wax and Engback. It's been a really fun line to watch come together, especially with Wax and Engback coming in after the season had started, but kind of filled in there nicely with you know the call up to Carter Colthorpe and, and seeing those guys play at a high level has been really encouraging to see. And then obviously with McVeigh with his line of Dino Balsamo and Andrew Ballon, all three of those players have 19 points on the season. And for Balsamo, he's done it in only 16 games. And Ballant has two, actually. So it's been a really nice run for those guys. All those guys, point-per-game players, the line has been clicking. It's been really solid. And then Brucato, the guy who was told before the season we need Stefan Brucato to score goals. That's what Jeff Carr had kind of reiterated. And now here's Brucato leading the team in goals scored so far. So Knoxville kind of has a spread out offense and and for Brucato, you know, he hasn't scored in he hasn't scored as much I should say in his last couple of games. He's actually on a three game uh, scoreless drought and he hasn't scored in four of his last five games, but I don't think there's reason to be alarmed because you have seen Knoxville pick that up in other areas. And so through the first 15 games of the season, Brucato was the only player on the team with 19 points. Now there are five different players on the team with 19 points. You've got Jason Price, who has 15 after he had a goal on Saturday. You have Stepan Timofeyev, who's been a contributor with 13 points. Rasmus Waxen-Engbach has 12. Colton Fletcher with 10. So you've got nine guys that are in double-digit points already at 18 games into the season. And so there's a really nice compliment here. And the way that this system works, you know, you may not see somebody contend for the Kevin Swider scoring award, but you're going to see some lines continue to play really good hockey. They're going to produce. And when you have big blow up games, like we've seen a couple of times this season, like the six goal effort against Birmingham a couple of weeks ago, or the nine goals scored against Macon or Vermilion County, you're going to see some lines where all three guys have three or four points in a single night because of how well they communicate and how well the chemistry is working together. And that's why, yes, it was obviously unfortunate that Jimmy got called up right before a, a big weekend against the Rivermen, but it's why Knoxville was still in those games. You'd want to be able to close those out. You want to win. You want to be better in the defensive end. You want to limit high quality shots when you're playing with a one goal lead in the third period. But it should at least be encouraging that, yeah, you, you were competitive with a really tough team and your offense was able to give your goalie some support. Now, it, it ultimately didn't end in the results that you wanted, but there are positives to take away from the efforts from Knoxville this past weekend. Granted, I am sure that Jeff Carr is going to want to correct some things and correct them in a hurry before Knoxville's stretch here to close out the rest of December. Knoxville has the games against Macon coming up this Friday and Saturday. They get Roanoke on the 26th. And then they go to Huntsville on December 30th before closing out the year with that back-to-back -back on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day 
against Pensacola. It'll be the first time that the Ice Bears see the Ice Flyers since losing to Pensacola in May in the President's Cup semifinals. So a tough stretch here. Roanoke, obviously a scrappy team. They gave Knoxville all they could handle and then some uh, in an overtime win for the Ice Bears back in October. Huntsville has obviously beaten Knoxville twice already. And then Pensacola is a solid team that I think is starting to find its rhythm. So some big games coming up for Knoxville as we get ready to transition into January here in the next couple of weeks. And we certainly hope that you'll join us. Friday is SantaCon, so the cardboard sled races will be on the ice. You can go to our website and click on the cardboard sled races banner to register your sled. The way that it works is you've got a team of two that will actually push the sled around. You have to switch places. So somebody rides, somebody pushes, and then after the first lap, you switch places and do it again. So kind of keep that in mind that both of your contestants are going to have to push that sled with somebody else sitting in it. So we certainly hope you'll join us for that. Again, bring out your whole office on Saturday for the office holiday party. Those are the events that we have coming up at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum this Friday and Saturday against the Macon Mayhem. Puck drop for both games is at 7.30. If you can't make the game, we'll have the call for you on sphltv.com and mixlr.com slash Bears. Speaking of which, I really want to give a big thanks to Tucker Holt, who did a nice job on his first full play-by-play opportunity filling in for me on the road at Peoria this past weekend. This was an absence that I had planned in advance well before the season started, so it was not any sort of unexpected emergency. This was something that uh, was intended back in August when I first got brought on in a full-time capacity. So I hope to be back this weekend, uh, this Friday and Saturday, for those two games against Macon. And if I'm not, Tucker will be on the call again. So you're in good hands either way, but you'll have the coverage for you on Hockey TV. But we certainly hope to see you at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. Again, this podcast is brought to you by Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com. They've got an excellent team of writers and photographers that cover all things minor league hockey, the SPHL, the ECHL, where Jimmy Parita is now, the AHL, and so much more with photo galleries, written articles, columns, anything you can want, you've got it when it comes to your minor league hockey coverage. And you can download the Field Pass Hockey mobile app at the App Store or on Google Play. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey.